Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa usalli wa usallim ala nabiyyi al-kareem, nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh folks Right Right, 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 let's work out what's happening today what's happening today is where did we get to folks it's not even that I'm in holiday mode I'm just reflecting on my question right I'm reflecting I'm reflecting on my question asking you lot yeah where we are and I couldn't possibly be asking a more ignorant group of people about that question on this planet. <laughs> you know, just for that, you're not getting a piece. Just for that. Who cooked this? Sunny, is this one of you? Oh, Shabnam, right, okay. What is it? Apple or something? Who? Who? What? Fennel, fennel cake. That was fennel cake? Yes. It's a Pashtun cake. Oh, it's a Pashtun cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things to be said about that. First of all, yeah, I never heard the word Pashtun in my life, okay? Pashtun cake, okay? Pashtun, flipping Afghan word, yeah, Pashtun, yeah. Number one. Number two, I still don't know what that means, even if it's Pashtun cake or Pashtun cake. But uh, oh, we take it, we take it, we take it. We don't, you know, we don't miss about fennel, yeah. Isn't isn't fennel like a herb? Isn't it? It's a herb, right? You put it on pizza and stuff. You don't put it on pizza. Shazad puts it on pizza. That's the only person I care about. Okay. You put it on pizza, right? Fennel. Oh, what in steak? You use it for your steak. Rosemary and thyme, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Fennel is between rosemary and thyme. <laughs> Just these old style English words, you know, I get a bit. Black seeds, aren't they? Black seeds. Are they black seeds? No, they're not. Okay, all right. We're simple people, yeah, chocolate and orange kind of behavior. That's all. Sumpf. Sumpf. Is that what it is? Sumpf? No, I don't know what betel nut is. Oh, you smoke it. Fennel. Space cake. Oh, jersey cake. Cello tea cake then. Yeah, it looks legit. Yeah, we have to. But the thing is, I can't. I can't. I'm already spaced out as it is without having to think. Sonf. See, Auntie Sha the only person I care about is Auntie Shakila, and she says sonf. So that's it. Okay. And Yusuf thinks it's used in sausage, yeah, which doesn't bode well for the cake. But anyway. Inshallah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a go at that in a little while. So, yeah. Miscellaneous question. Have you, any of you, you guys here ever picked up a book? Like, so if I was to ask where we are, you'd actually be able to tell me. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's why I was laughing to myself. Why am I even asking these lot that question? <laughs> they wouldn't have a dally. So how are we going to fix that? How are we going to fix that? I mean, you guys are better. I'll, I'll say marginally better okay all right significantly better but 
but, but, but you know, not, I'm not like these guys online, like they bang on it. You're right there, page, blah, 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 blah. Number one. Number two, we have a Muslim. Next week, inshallah, I'll be teaching in Toronto. Okay? The lesson will come from Toronto, probably live. Yep. Now, yeah, it will be live, yes. Won't be in a masjid though, okay? So uh, just do it from your computers. You know how to do that or not? Do you know there's a website out there called Logical Progression, yeah? <laughs> you guys are going to be lost next week. The reason why next week is so important is because the entire lesson will be an entire section, all encompassed, and it's a big one. It's the mode of the prayer of the woman. All right, so the woman's prayer. <laughs> Lads are like, right, that's all right, we'll take that one off then. So um, it's obviously the whole controversy concerning the hadith that exist or don't exist in the matter. And everybody knows from back home that uh, women are told to pray different. And is that the case? And what's the basis for it, etc. So it's not like a massive subject, so I can see it being entirely encompassed in one session, which I'll probably teach in Toronto. So therefore, it is important before the next section starts, which is a big section uh, about the, the, the dislike matters of prayer and so on, um, that you get to see that. Or uh, you, you either attend it live or you get to see it before we're back here in two weeks. But yeah, I think the lesson will be definitely a live uh, session because that's what we normally do while we're in uh, Toronto. All right. As far as I'm concerned, we are on page 213. Shaz, we bring up the thingy. Inshallah, al-Huda Sulanj. Inshallah. That's the plan. Um, but don't tell them yet. I haven't confirmed it. I've got to get in first. So, um, yeah, let's come to the Arabic just there. Right. So we are at the part where it says four lines from the bottom. ثُمَّ يُسَلِّمُ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ أَسْسَلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهُ وَعَنْ يَسَارِهِ كَذَلِكَ وَإِنْ كَانَ فِي ثُلَاثِيَّةِ أَوْ رُبَاعِيَّةِ نَهَدَ مُكَبِّرًا بَعْدَ تَشَهُدُ الْأَوَّلِ وَصَلَّ مَا بَقِيَ كَالثَّانِيَ بِالْحَمْدِ فَقَطْ ثُمَّ يَجْلِسُ فِي تَشَهُدِهِ الْأَخِيرِ مُتَوَرِّكًا وَالْمَرْأَ all right. So the translation of that is that uh, that he will say up a bit. Uh, then he sends salam to his right. He says, "Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah." May the peace and mercy of Allah be upon you. And then to his left as well. What did we say about that translation? Then he does the same, and then says the same. Yeah, uh, we need to just remind Mesa to change that. Yeah, and then says the same to his left as well. Or and then the same to his left as well. If it is a three unit, three unit, three rakah, or four unit prayer, okay, thulathiyya uh, and rubaiya is taken from thalatha and uh, arba, yeah, three and four. He stands back up whilst uttering the takbir after the first tashahud and prays the remainder like he did in the second unit, but with the fatiha alone. He then sits in a state of tawarruk, which is called mutawarrikan. He does tawarruk. Tawarruk is a noun. If you are doing tawarruk, then you are mutawarrik. Okay. He then sits mutawarrikan in the final tashahud. I hope that in this lesson, I will demonstrate the modes of tawarruk. Uh, and then we will complete the lesson. Next week, I think. Women pray the same way, except that they collect in their bodies towards themselves. Uh, or you might translate that as draw themselves in. And I, when I'm teaching Fiqh I call it closing 
oneself down. Yeah? And they slide their feet underneath to the right when sitting. And they slide their feet underneath to the right when sitting. Obviously, this is a summary. Uh, in, the, in the text of the, of, the, of the Humbly School, there's a lot more to that, obviously. However, in its right place. All right, so let's jump in, folks. Okay, so from my point of view, this means we're on page 213, okay, of Al-Mumti', which, of course, you can see on the portal if you, if you uh, click on, what do you click on? Mm -hmm. Study material, yeah. Um, so we're in the middle. Oh, oh actually, uh, uh, one or two questions from last week. Sumaira asked a good question. She said that, uh, how is it possible that uh, all the companions, they're watching the Prophet ﷺ pray, and suddenly, all of a sudden, they're raising their hands, right? So we know that the Prophet ﷺ, so from the evidences that we know about turning to the right and to the left, and saying, and the manner, and that there is nothing that's said afterwards or shaking hands or whatever, is because the hadith which is narrated in Sahih Muslim by Abu Dawood, by Nasa'i, so many different versions, on the hadith of Jabir ibn Samura, radiallahu an, that he said that we used to, with our hands, uh, give, uh, indicate with our hands when we used to give salam. Indicate with our hands. And then the Prophet ﷺ saw us, noticed us, and he said to, he said to us, you know, why are you guys making uh, uh, those kind of uh, movements with your hands like, wild, like the tails of wild horses? But rather put your hands on your thighs, let him put his hand on his thigh, and then turn to his right and say, Salaam alaikum wa rahmatullah. Right? Um, and so from this, we, we, obviously we discussed this hadith in detail yesterday. We learn about the basic system of giving salam, the fact that it's done to the right and left, the fact that you should say the same on each one, the fact that there's a basic minimum for assalamu alaikum and that the actual asal is assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. We know that you should turn. Uh, Widad was asking the question about um, uh, uh, some of the companions, I think Anas, I think, said that, uh, no, no, Anas, I can't remember the Sahabi, but he said that when the Prophet وسلم, uh, would give salam, we would uh, see the whiteness of his cheek. And some of the scholars, they interpreted the cheek as, you see, um, uh, this is obviously, I'm not, a, a Arabic, I'm not an Arab linguist. I'm not an Arab linguist. It's not my speciality. However, I know enough from my studies that there are words which uh, have a... Uh, that are open to interpretation and therefore the scholars are reticent to give a definite meaning. So for example, the word lihya, yeah? This is the lihya, the beard. The word lihya comes from the liha, which is the jawbone or this area here. Now, ironically, uh, the beard is more known for what's underneath the chin than it is on the jawbone, right? However, it takes the, word, the meaning from here. So it's interchangeable. Yeah, what, 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 so you, oh, so you're saying that? Um, then I want to say, what was the cheekbone? Exactly. This. This. Just there. And what's in between? Nothing. When you're my age, bro. Khudaka banda. Wa alaikum salam. Oh my goodness gracious. Right, listen. Okay, this has got out of control, okay? The people on, 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 online are very upset about this behavior. 
and I'm not surprised, okay? And I'm with them all the time. I, I'm with them. Huh? Well, you have to go, what what will be like that for? What will be like that for? So, why the extra bonus? Why is there so many people here today, by the way? No, but why is there so many people here today? The car park is absolutely rammed. Who? Oh, teachers, holiday. Okay. Oh, sugar, what's that? Treacle. Say custom. Who still eats bloody treacle? And, oh, is that why? That's stuff for a lot. Maybe that's haram to eat. Any more Halloween sweets? Um, so, what was I saying? Yeah, the, um, then we need to check, well, if Mu'min was here, he's good, he's good at Arabic. Um, maybe the liha is the cheek aspect of the, of the mandible, or the cheek area of the mandible. So, meaning like, wait, slow down now. <laughs> now you're bringing a whole newborn, you said there's only teeth in there, yeah? See how this is the problem when you've got unreliable sources that change their opinion every five seconds. What's the what's the what's the bonus called? What's the bo bonus? What's the bone called? Ramus. The ramus, yeah. Yeah, ramus part of the mandible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're making it complicated. Like just keep it simple, man. Okay, call it the cheek. Yeah, let's see what I mean. So. Oh my God. We had to have a maxofacial maxofacial. What? What is it, uh, Jad? Maxo Maxofacial. No, he goes facillary. Huh? Where's Jad? Where is he? Oh, he's got off, yeah? Maxo facillary uh, thingy. The audio is cracking. You just focus on that, yeah? You and your flipping bones and ramuses and God knows what. Yeah? Yeah. Zygoma, your packy, you and your maxilla. And it's a proper bone as well. Zygoma? Yes. Are they really going there? <laughs> you just love a little face off between who? Sumera and Oh Mopin's online, you sick guy, that's the one. Maxillofacial, maxillo, that's the word I was thinking about. Anyway, so now the Zakan is clear, that's fine. But this area, from what I understand from a classical Arabic use, is called the liha. This area. Now I don't know what bone it's referring to. Is it a ramus? Is it Zayg, blah de blah, whatever, you know, huh? It's part of the maxilla. The cheek is part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, by the way, just so that. Yeah. Yeah. You see, here's the problem. The problem is. And this leads to why there's such a detailed discussion about what is permissible to take from the beard or not take from the beard. Uh, where the scholars who, decide, who, did, who, are debated, who are debating, the, is it called the liha because it grows fundamentally on the mandible, which would be therefore the mandible bone and everything that grows on it? Is that then also why, because this is not technically a bone here, Therefore, it's permissible to take from here, as you see many people that do when they keep their beards tidy. And what's the ruling with the sides, which is not part of the cheek, but then it is technically part of the liha, if that is the mandible, because we said it goes all the way around. So 
there's a lot of debate and discussion, okay? And similarly, the question that we're answering right now, the Prophet ﷺ, they said we saw the whiteness of his cheek. What does the whiteness mean? With that, she said that the scholars that she has been sat with, and that's true, of course, a number of them, that they consider, you know, this part is like whiter than the rest of your skin. Have you noticed? Yeah? This, uh, whatever that's called. What is that called? What's this? What's this? What is this? What is it called? Preauricular area. The what? Preauricular area. The preauricular area. No, Shazada? No? So, uh, the preauricular area or whatever, but the sideburn, uh, between the sideburn and your ear lobe. Yep. So, um, that is the area which is. I think whiter, and they're understanding that when you turn to the right, that's the whiteness that you can uh, hear. That's possible. It's not out of the question. The word is khad, which is used, which is the cheek. The cheek is the actual uh, khad area. So uh, how that is being extended, you can either say, well, it means general area, so you can, you, know, you can cover it like that. Or it's not referring to any extra whiteness of the area, even though it could be, because obviously if you have a very sharp cheekbone, then the skin's going to be more taut across it, so it's whiter than a softer part of the skin. Or it's just the fact that the Prophet's skin was light anyway. And the fact was is that they couldn't see that because he had a, quite a thick beard. My goodness gracious, Lala. No, I'm having to laugh, mate. None of the words you mentioned. None of the words, yeah, yeah, yeah. mean anything there. And there's no... No, no, it's the mental nerve that yeah, you're, you're, you're messing around at the moment. Right, so... Uh, anyway, so the point is that it could just be literally that it's not this movement, which is what I prefer. Okay, my interpretation, because you do see a lot of Muslims, they go, As-salamu alaykum wa Yeah, if you've got a, a large beard, as the Prophet ﷺ did, because you know, we know that the companions, they used to know that the Prophet ﷺ was reciting because his beard was moving. So if you've got a beard which is quite thick, yeah, and you're behind, you can't, obviously if you're behind, you can't see the face, right? But you can see the beard moving up and down when he, he's reciting, yep, of the, of the jaw. And so we know that in hadith that they could see the beard moving. So if the beard is moving, and that's the only thing they can see, they can't see the cheek. So, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, you still wouldn't see the cheek. If I go now like that, I'm seeing the whiteness of his cheek. So it's not necessarily a specific whiteness, but it means I'm seeing the cheek. This is also possible. All of these are possible, which is why there's a consensus, and that's important that there is no evidence for a specific position to look to or turn to in your taslim. That's why it's acceptable for a person to do this or to do this or to go full back because we don't even know for, for sure who we're giving the, the salams to. That's why there was that discussion. If you're by yourself, then it's the angels. If you're with other people, it's them and the angels and, and so on and so forth. Okay? So... Uh, that should cover those two. Uh, oh, sorry. So, and Sumaira's question was, um, what were they doing with that uh, salam? And uh, I went back and looked at a few sources, and what's immediately clear are two things. Number one, that all the scholars differed over exactly what they were doing with their hands. So some people, some scholars said that when they were indicating with, the, with their hands, they were literally going, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. So they were lifting their hands from this position to that position. And there are others that suggested that uh, when their hands are on their thighs, they're like, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah. Like a, you know, like a, like a shake hand kind of thing, 
right? And the idea, the idea there is, is that when a, a, a horse is ready for some kind of action or it gets kind of set up, then it's from its flaccid state, it kind of, kind of takes that kind of position. So it kind of curves. The idea is that your hand has curved. So there's interpretations of the actual word. What, 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 the only thing that matters to us is that there was an obvious, clear, unnecessary movement, which the Prophet ﷺ noticed in Jabir. And so when Sumerah asks, you know, how was that missed? It was missed because it wasn't all the companions who were doing it. It was only a few, and it's clear that it was the lesser of the companions that were not so much around the Prophet ﷺ, and it wasn't a major big movement, and it was noticed by the Prophet ﷺ on one occasion, by, uh, or, or maybe a few occasions, from one or a few companions, and he corrected it immediately. This was not some widespread kind of action. It also indicates it was significant enough to be seen, but not significant enough to create a big hullabaloo amongst the rest of the companions that they like, you know, what's going on. So, uh, you know, that, 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 that all kind of makes sense and uh, that's fine. Right, okay, let's jump straight into then the next part, which is the middle of 2.13. Um, if it is a ruba'iyya, i.e. dhuhr asr isha, or if it's a thulathiyya, i.e. salatul maghrib, then he stands up whilst making takbir. Nahada mukabbiran. Okay, it's hal. Mukabbiran, for those who study Arabic, it is in a state of fathatan, uh, mansub as we call it, because it's the state of hal. That is the state that a person is when they're standing up, which is important because there are some people that will, you know, say Allahu Akbar and then stand up. Yeah? Or they'll stand up and then they'll say, get themselves ready, and they'll say Allahu Akbar. You get what I'm trying to say? That's incorrect. We covered that in detail last year. That when you are doing these adhkar, it is during the movements, it's during the action. So it would be, let's get up, and then whilst you're getting up, it would be, Allahu Akbar. Yeah, it would be. And if you're an imam, then you have an even greater responsibility of being very careful with what you say so that you don't lead the people behind you to get up too quickly. So you delay it a little bit to make sure that you're done by the time that they kind of pick up on that as well. So that's an important part, that it's happening whilst you're standing uh, up. And that is, as Sheikh says, all of the takbiratul intiqal, there are two types of takbir, right? Takbiratul ihram, which is a one-off single. It's a pillar of the prayer, super important. And then all the rest of them, which are obligations of the prayer, a lesser requirement. And they are called takbiratul intiqal, okay? The moving takbirs. And all of these takbirs, they always happen in between two rukans, between two pillars, between two key actions. So for example, Rabbana wa alhamd. Allahu Akbar, so the pillar is standing and sajda. And then when you're coming from between these two, then it's the pillar of sitting, uh, sajda and sitting. And these are two pillars now, sitting back up to qiyam. So Allahu Akbar, yeah, so it's a smooth action. When do you stand up? He says, al-awwal, after the first tashahud. What is the first tashahud? Where is its limit? Where does it end? Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh okay that is the what we call the tashahhud al-awwal all right that is the end the, the ending of the tashahhud al-awwal now the question is as you might have seen when he stands up does he do anything with his hands um now in the humbly school there is no movement of the hands actually um, uh, the majority actually of scholars do not consider 
the raising of the hands uh, at this moment. All right? I'm talking about Rafi Aydain. How many parts of the prayer is there Rafi Aydain? Who can tell me? Where is there Rafi Aydain? According to what schools? According to the Hanifi school. Have we, come, have, we, have we done this yet? I think we have, haven't we? Have we not done it? I'm sure we have. Okay. Uh, in the Hanafi school, just from your own past knowledge then, how many parts are there of Rafi Aydain? One. One. Where? Takbir al ihram Two. Where? No, no, in a prayer. In a prayer. No. No. In the Hanafi school, only at the beginning. Okay. And what, sorry? Yeah, no, Witter is a, is a Nafal prayer or a separate prayer. Just a normal, generic prayer. Only at the beginning, yeah? Only at Takbir al-Ihram. Yeah, Takbir al-Ihram, and that's it. And then in the other uh, madahib, okay, there are three places. What are they? Takbir al-Ihram, when you go to Ruku'a, or when you come back from Ruku'a. And then according to the minority of scholars, there's a fourth. And that is the position of Shaykh Uthameen, that is the position of this class, that is the position of the Muhaddithin, and that is because of the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, which is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, that the Prophet ﷺ would raise his hands after tashahud al-awwal. A number of the scholars consider this hadith to be abrogated or not one to be operated by, and that's why they did not all act upon it. But in any case, I want to say to you confidently that the sunnah, and Allah subhanahu wa knows best, is that there are four parts of the prayer, or a normal prayer, where the hands are raised. Takbirat al-Ihram, Allahu Akbar, before you start, I would be like Shana Jim, so on, in the prayer. And then before you go for Ruku'a, okay, and then when you come back up from Ruku'a as a natural action, and that's what we're going to use as an example. And the fourth one that we want to focus on is the Tashahud. The Tashahud, uh, uh, after you finish the first one and you're standing up for a Maghrib or for a Dhuhr Asr or an Isha, okay, when you're standing up for a, th- a third or a fourth. Now, this Takbir you would have seen if you get, ab- if you get around a bit, okay. That a lot of people do it in different ways. Alright? And what I mean by that is similar to the takbir or the saying of Allahu Akbar. You will actually see them say Allahu Akbar whilst they're sitting down. Raise their hands and then stand up. The converse is also uh, there, meaning that they will uh, uh, stand and compose themselves and put their hands down yani, to the side and then make the takbir and then you know put their hands back like and start with the Fatiha. Like almost the other extreme example. There's another third one which you also see some people do, which is that whilst they're getting up, they're doing the takbir whilst they're still kind of down, if, if it makes sense. So whilst they're still kind of leaning on their knees and they're getting up and they're crouching and they do a takbir because they understood that in between the two rukans means literally in between the two rukans, if that makes sense. So they timed themselves like, you know, if, if this is a five second process of getting up, then after two and a half seconds, I'm on my horn, she's about to stand up. This is in between, and I do a little takbir there. And all of these seem to be of the actual meaning of how to do it when standing up. The way that you do it is the way you actually do it naturally. That the rafa is actually done when you're standing up, but you don't need to reset everything when you're standing up. So it's a very natural action of you stand up, and whilst you're standing up the, the, and you're getting to straight position, by the time you're straight, your hands are yeah, and you're making the takbir. All right, so it's literally, by the t- you're, you're coming up and you're there, and by the time that your back is straight, 
you've completed the takbir and you're back onto right over left for the Fatiha. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the most natural and relaxed. And we did cover this in detail, by the way. Um, a little bit here, a little bit there is no problem. A little bit late, a little bit early is no major problem. It's a general act between the two rukans. Okay? So we therefore have four uh, takbirat. Um, all right. And as Shaykh Uthameen says, there is no further raising of the hands beyond that. Now, the Hanafi school, all right, they have a, a we will come to this in the section of Witter, all right, they have a specific um, additional uh, takbir, uh, 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 raising of the hands. But actually, it's not just a, tak- a raising of the hands, but they also uh, added a takbir as well. And this was rejected by the vast majority of scholars. The evidence for it is not very strong. However, it is the, uh, the, the Hanafi position. It is used, basically the takbir here is being used as a divider almost between normal prayer and dua. All right? And the hands kind of emphasize it. It's like we've gone out of the normal structure of the prayer. Right? Finish yani al surah. Finish yani. We're about to go for ruku'a. But we're going to kind of take a pause out of the normal rules of the prayer. We're going to say Allahu Akbar. And we're going to raise our hands and enter into a particular zone. Now, uh, as I said, there are a number of challenges to this interpretation. First of all, the evidence for raising the hands, there is none. Secondly, the location of the dua in terms of position of the prayer, plenty of evidence, hadith in Bukhari, that the Prophet وسلم, uh, made the dua of Qunut uh, in Witr before the ruku'a. Okay, so that's established. And we also have the hadith which follows it as well in Bukhari, which is that the Prophet made the dua after the ruku'a. Okay, now the after ruku' one has more narrations, which is why it's more popular. But this is a mistake uh, that many uh, students of knowledge do. They only stick to making dua after ruku'ah. And it is a sunnah, as we've said before in this class many times, that when our authentic hadith that have been narrated about a particular action being done in a number of ways, then it is sunnah to practice all of them. It's a sunnah to revive them. And we're going to give an example of that uh, in today's lesson as well. All right, so you are going to do that, um, uh, that uh, uh, dua in the, uh, uh, just before you go for ruku'ah and when you come back up from ruku'ah, mix between both of them. Now, I touched upon this briefly a couple of weeks ago, maybe months ago, and that is that even those that do not, yani, uh, they make the dua by, uh, as if they're reading Fatiha, Yep, so they will go Allahu Akbar and then they put their hands back here and they'll uh, uh, read. I told you that I, if I'm going to do a dua, I prefer this to the raising of the hands. Because even the raising of the hands, which is the natural state of how you make dua, does not have the evidence narrated that the Prophet ﷺ did that regularly as dua qunut. And I also like to add my point, which is I like to preserve the, 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 the nature of the prayer as well. Which is one of the reasons why the Hanafis they bring their hands back down to not create too much of a manzar, okay, to create this big, you know, whatever. And they also do it silently. They don't do it together. And, it, you know, so they keep the prayer on lockdown, which I think is more in line with the prayer. So anyway, lots to, to look at when we get to uh, Witr. Right. So the rest of the prayer, whether it's the third raka'ah or the fourth raka'ah, is prayed like the second, but with fatiha, but with hamd only. Two descriptions have been mentioned. Like the second, why did he not say the first? Why did he not say the first? Come on. The first has al-istiftah, the sana. Also it has 
Takbiratul Ihram, also it has extra, what else does it have? We haven't got to that one yet. Just like from, just, just the, the, the difference between first and second. One more. Awudh Billah Sharajim. Yeah, the Ta'awudh. So basically, he mentions a second so that you don't need to be thinking about Takbirat al Ihram, Awudh Billah Sharajim, Subhanakallahumma, or Allahumma, any other dua. So that's why he says you pray like the second one. The second one we know is Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Then he adds, a sec- he adds a second point to make it even more distinct. He says, only the Fatiha. So the Hanbali school, the Hanbali position, as actually, by the way, is the position of the majority of the Madahib, is that it is a Sunnah, a Sunnah, actually meant to be only the Fatiha in the third and the fourth Raka'ah. Yeah, what we call empty, isn't it? Yeah? That we call, is that what people call it? Empty units? So when you pray the... The first two units is full, and by full people indicate that by Fatiha and the Surah. And then the third and the fourth units, people call it empty because they're only praying Fatiha, right? So that's the position of the majority of scholars. And that's why he has said that he only says Alhamd only. Alhamd meaning Surah Al-Fatiha. Is this correct? Is this correct? We covered this in detail last year, actually, um, that this is not correct. We have enough evidence out there, and I'm going to read to you, literally I'm going to translate exactly what Shaykh Uthameen reminds us of, um, uh, of what's going on. Anyway, what, what, what are the Hanbali saying? That these two units are going to be like the first one, except that you only recite Fatiha, that you are silent in them, even in the loud prayers, and uh, they are like a type of new, different type of uh, prayer. A new different type of prayer. By the way, when you have characteristics that change between an action which is common, so praying a unit is a common thing. However, in the first two, it might have been loud, it might have had a surah, it might have had, you know, blah, blah. And then now we've got those which are quiet, they're silent, they might not have a surah, uh, uh, etc. They're only the Fatiha alone. Uh, and, uh, and when you have new and new, then some of the scholars said that's why you have a takbir. Of a rafa of of raising of the hands, okay, that's not something we can say for definite. But they said it's one of the wisdoms that the raising of the hands is like when you move from one new position to another in a significant manner. Allah knows best. All right, just 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 keep, uh, keep that with you. Now, they said that the fatiha only. All right, so the fatiha only in these third or fourth rakah, and that is because of the hadith of Abu Qatada radiallahu anhu that's narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. Because the, uh, uh, Abu Qatada said that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite the Fatiha only. That's in Bukhari and Muslim. However, we have the hadith which we also covered in detail, the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu, which is narrated in Muslim. Muslim only, not Bukhari and Muslim, but Muslim alone. And he said that the two units are recited therein, the final units. And that its length was half the length of the recitation of the first two units. So he would describe that the recitation in the second two units used to be half the length of the first two units. So, and he also said, he also said um, that he would recite uh, using a surah in the first two units 
ولا يطول الأولى على الثانية ويقرأ بالركعتين الآخرين بنصف ذلك يعني he would not make the second unit so out of the four for example he would not make the second one longer than the first so the first would be the longest second would be shorter and then three and four would be about half of that about half of that so those are the two hadith that we have which seem to contradict one another and that's what then led the scholars to uh, differ so therefore what this indicates is that the first two units are roughly the same the second two units are roughly the same that something is being recited but it's definitely not longer than the first two units however some of the scholars they said that they rajaha hadith abu qutada rajaha means that they uh, uh, consider it to be the stronger position this is what we call making tarjih when we have evidences and we decide we're going to go with this one that we you know the stronger opinion the scholars said that the stronger opinion is to act upon the hadith of abu qutada because it is in Bukhari and Muslim, which is in itself a strong argument, but not a legal one. It's a very convincing point. Why did Bukhari not consider this hadith to be strong enough? We don't know, but Muslim has recorded it, and forget who has recorded it. When you study the chain, the hadith, is, uh, the hadith of Abu Sa'id is absolutely spot on. And therefore, it's not right to say that the hadith of uh, Abu Qatada, because it's in Bukhari Muslim, we're going to give that yani, a priority over this hadith. That, that, that's not right, okay? Um, but they also add something else, which is, which is nice. The Fuqaha said, if you look at the narrator, the companion, in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim, he jazzama, yani he was definite in what he said. He goes that he only prayed with the uh, uh, surah in the first two. He only did that. Whereas in the hadith of uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, if you remember what he said, he goes that we estimated his standing. So even, not only hadith narrated in Muslim, but even the narrator Abu Sa'id was not like this is definitely like this. He goes, we estimated or we considered his standing we kind of looked at it and we kind of felt that it was roughly about half of what he was doing. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's not doubt, but it's estimation. And of course, in hadith sciences, certainty in forms of narrating and certainty in the text of the narration is always given a lot of weight. Because you know, when you study hadith sciences, a lot of people ask, you know, I want to study hadith sciences and mustalah al-hadith. Uh, you know, how do I understand hadith when I'm reading them? One of the first things you will understand is how each narrator takes from the narrator. So when a person says, An fulan, an fulan, an fulan, this is a, a, uh, what we call a weak way of saying. It's like, so it, it, was, it was said, you know, or I heard, or, well, I heard is actually very strong, but, um, you know, a vague kind of. Now, the actual translation of an is on the authority of, okay? But on the authority of, when you say it in English, is actually a really strong statement. In Arabic, it's the weakest of all ways. The strongest in Arabic is when you say qala or hadathani, which means that he narrated to me personally. So when you have a narrator in a hadith in Bukhari, you will obviously see that, yeah? That he will say hadathani so-and-so, qala hadathani. He said that it was narrated to me by so-and-so, and he said to me, it was narrated to me by so-and-so, and he said to me that it was narrated. And so you see a chain where each link is very, very strong versus a weak hadith where when we're looking at the hadith and trying to you know, discover where the weakness is, we see the word an, which is like a placeholder. It's like, yeah, you know what it is? I can't even remember whether it was him who told me or not, or whether it was someone else, or whether it was someone who looked like him, and I can't remember whether he, he told me or that. So you say an. You know, you cover your, your memory or your weakness using the softest of terms. 
So there you go, you see the difference between indefinite and definite forms of narrating. And now here, this is not indefinite forms of narrating, this is definite and definite statements in the hadith itself. I, he didn't pray with anything other than the surah in the first two rakah. And the other one uh, is, is we considered it, we estimated it. So that's one point. And this is uh, the position of the Hanbali school, okay? This is the position of the Hanbali school, you only recite in the first two and you don't based upon this principle. Sheikh Uthameen reminds us of a very important principle of Ahl-Sunnah, especially the way of hadith, the people of hadith. And that is that we do not make hadith weak or try to discourage a position. Like, I want you to remember, I want you to think about how schools approach this. If you are part of a school, right, and you are following a particular position, and then you come against an opposing one, most of the time it's about shutting that opinion down to protect the school. Right? Because the school is king, because the school must not have any doubt be brought into it, our positions must be protected, and so you've got to then either uh, attack theirs or defend your position. Right? Whereas the people of Hadith, because they don't have those loyalties to these madahib and to these clans and to these sects and to whatever, they're like, academic honesty is always our approach. And I've got nothing to be worried about. If that's what my Hadith says here, and another Hadith says there, I don't need to see this as an attack, I want to try and reconcile. And so the way of Ahl-Sunnah, and especially Ahl-Hadith, the people of Hadith that prioritize Hadith, is to try and reconcile. And not to say, mine is stronger than yours, or yours is weak. I don't know how it's weak, but it's weak and I'm going to find it. And then you go through the Hadith and you try to find it. Which, if it's obvious, then it's an easy answer. But if you're just trying to hunt for it and trying to make the authentic Hadith weak. See, that's what they've done here. They're actually inadvertently saying that because yours is not narrated in Bukhari, your position is weak. That's outrageous. It's narrated by, by Imam Muslim. It's an absolute 100% hadith. So it's easier, as Sheikh Uthameen says, to just do jama', to bring together and reconcile. How can we reconcile? Easily. We know that the Prophet ﷺ prayed many times differently. So it's clear that Abu Qatada, in the prayers that he observed, he was observing the Prophet ﷺ not reciting a surah. And it's super clear that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, when he saw the Prophet ﷺ reciting, he saw those occasions in which he was reciting. And a surah. And we can make this position very confidently, this reconciliation, because we have other hadith which give us a clue. We have, for example, another hadith which indicates that the Prophet ﷺ recited Surah Al-Ikhlas in the third and fourth rak'ah. Different surah, different situation. Very rarely. Very rarely. We say very rarely because only one or two companions narrated it, only one, two times the entire sunnah. Which gives us a real clue about how we can produce a final position for the masses. We can say to them, in principle, you recite in the first two raka'ah only and not in the third and fourth. However, it is a sunnah to here and there revive that and recite in the third and fourth like the Prophet ﷺ did. But its number and its frequency is as rare as the number of narrations that indicate that, which is one every hundred or one every fifty if you do the lacquer ratio. And that is how you combine as opposed to saying that's not to be practiced, that's not to be, not to be practiced. Is that clear folks? Yeah? Does that make sense? All right, um, and then he sits as tawarruk. All right, how are we doing this, uh, Shaz? Okay, I want to, so he says, then he sits in the final tashahud mutawarrikan. The final tashahud, by the way, just so I want to get, uh, get that off the table, it, it means that um, uh, not, the, not the second, not the tashahud in Salatul Fajr, because that's not the final tashahud, that's the only tashahud. And so in prayers that only have one tashahud, there is no tawarruk. And those prayers that have 
multiple, uh, uh, like three or four raka'ah, then they will have two tashahuds. But does it say the second tashahud? Did the author say the second tashahud? The final one, why? Why didn't you just say the second tashahud? If there was four, yeah. The last tashahud. Yeah, which would be the second one. Why, so why didn't he call it the second one? Because in Fajr we don't have a second one, okay. But if you had said the second one, Fajr is already automatically disqualified, so it doesn't matter. Why did he not say... Sorry? Correct. Because if you are late, you will do three tashahuds, okay. And therefore, it is important that even though you are in their second one, and they are all sitting in tawarruk, you wouldn't. Alright? Because it's your second one. And then you would stand up and when you're doing your third one, then you would sit in tawarruk. And this is the position of the Maliki school, Shafi'i school, the Hanbali school. The, the Hanafis do not have tawarruk, okay? So this is the position. Now, uh, tawarruk and nasab, did we not do this? Or I, mean, I think I was doing between sajda and I just yeah, demonstrated it. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, let's do this. All right, folks. Well, how am I doing this? What am I doing? Right. And this, do I need to keep this on? This podcast thing. Mission, bro. This. Right. Okay, so. What is? Yeah. So where, where am I doing this? How? From a, a, oh, is it on the screen? Yeah? Okay, you guys can watch the screen. Anyway, so. What's your thoughts about Tawarruq uh, uh, and Nasab? First of all, is this happening or not, Chaz? So, we covered, we covered this position. So this position, I think we, we, we spoke about in detail. For those that uh, want to see more about that, then it's last year. Yeah, last year. Last year in between the two sajjahs, sitting on the balls of the feet. Okay, like this, upright. Okay. And we said before that the Hanafi school does not... Huh? You what? No, but just keep this audio on. Yeah, Harris says he's right. We did the whole thing. I'm sure we did the whole thing. Right. It's working, yeah? yeah? All fine. Right. So this is just a position. Um, and uh, actually, whilst we're here, I'm going to demonstrate a couple of other things as well. Uh, you know that this position is not one of those which is considered the norm, okay, when you're sitting on, on your feet like this, right? Uh, you know what, you might need to do an angle so that it's clear. From a, yeah, like that, yeah. So, you know, sitting like this. Did we come up with a name for this? 
Like what, what is this called in English or whatever? Just sitting on haunches. Sitting, no, sitting on your haunches is like this. Isn't it? Yeah? Anyway, so um, like this. And as I said, some scholars don't, uh, reject this entirely. And this should not be a norm. Okay? Now, but I want you to know that the, seated, the seating positions in Salah, they have a function. They, uh, it's more than just... Um, it's more than just an ibadah, in my opinion. I do think that there's some functionality there. Alright? So, this one here, I believe that some of the scholars are not so hot in this position because it's not a very respectful looking position. Almost. It's difficult to argue that, but it does, doesn't feel very respectful. Okay? So, I don't like sitting in this position. Alright? Even at this moment in time, I'm praying every prayer in this position because I've I think I've broken a little foot, a little, little, a little foot, a little bone in this, this foot here, which is actually very useful for this demonstration because this is the normal position, right? This is called nasab. So if you see, you sit on this left foot and this is now straight up. This is in a state of nasab, meaning yani mansub, upright, okay? So, you know, and you, you know how it is, people struggle. You know, if you've got a real good kind of thing going, then you can be like that. Where if you show it from the uh, uh, side, okay, like very, very, m most people are like somewhere around here, right? Like that, yeah? Because they didn't practice it when they were young or, or, or whatever, you know, they're not very good. And, and that's not really nasab, yeah? Some people obviously they can't, and so we tell them, just keep your foot flat because you're in too much pain. And it's not pain you're meant to have, you're meant to be comfortable in the prayer, but there's function. So, as I said, if you practice when you're younger, then you are able to get your foot tight in, and it should be nice and tight, and as I said, it can be. But the point is, this it is upright, okay? It's upright, this is nasab, mansub. And you now look at what's happening on the left foot. Your backside, your entire body is on your left foot, right? Now, we know that the Prophet ﷺ put on weight in his later years. Aisha said that, okay? And there is indication that some of his bodily movements and his speed and movements that became heavy upon him. Now, I, for example, am in agony right now because the bone that is on the... I'm, I'm sitting on that broken bone. So for me, I can't wait. So I sit like this, right, in my first and my second and whatever because I've got no pressure on the broken bone. No little pressure is coming on the... On the what is it, the ankle or whatever? Yeah? So the heel, sorry. So it's protected at the moment. So that's fine. But I can't wait to get into the fourth because this is what I'll do. Right? And once I've done that, my backside and my entire body weight is on the floor. And I've now saved all of that pressure from my foot. Yeah? I'm not sitting on my foot anymore. My foot was being squeezed underneath me. Right? And when you get older and heavier, that's going to become progressively, you know, your foot. It's only a miskin foot, right? And you've got 100 kilos on top of it. Yeah? It's my miskin, right? So, now, so the foot then comes out... And it goes, you know, to a place where there's no pressure. The weight of this on this is, is negligible. This is called tawarruk. And this is the most famous form of tawarruk. And actually, most people only know this way of tawarruk. Okay? I mean, this foot is still in a state of nasab. Okay? And it's still pointing up. I'm all right with my knees because I used to, I've obviously been practicing for a long time doing this while, so I'm all right. Okay? However, still no audio. There is audio. The... Um, and this is the normal position. You'll see, 
right? The way that it's described in text and so on, as the left foot comes underneath uh, from the right side of the body, and you sit on the floor, and the right foot sta- sta- remains in a state of... Thing. This is the position you sit in in a final tashahud. Is that clear? Everybody happy with that? Yeah? Now you'll know that when you see people doing this, a number of things happen. So for example, if you go to the back now, okay? You'll see most people... Uh, you need to go back a bit. Yeah, that's it. All right? Most people can't sit upright. So I want you to show my shoulders. Go, go, go further back. Okay? So my shoulders are actually quite... Str- is that live? Yeah. Right. So my shoulders are actually even straighter than I thought. If you look at the back there, you probably couldn't tell that I am sitting. Like, if you look at this position, if you look at my body position, yeah? Look at my shoulders, all right? I want to focus on my shoulders and my sides. If you look at that, and now look at that, there's not a mega difference. A lot of people are like this when they do this. Yeah, you've seen that, haven't you? And I'm sure you've prayed next to it. Someone is trying to fulfill the sunnah, and they're not used to it. They can't, now their whole body weight is shifted to the left. And what they're doing is because they don't have the, the muscle uh, memory that is... What's the muscle there that's holding you back up that way? Whatever. Anyway, but you know, if you do it a lot of time, then this muscle here... If this muscle here is weak, right? These intercostal muscles, are they? Whatever. These muscles, if they're weak, they're, they're going to... They're not... They're going to... You know, they're just going to... And you find that that person's leaning on you. And if they're a big person, it's a disaster. We, we, we know that. Everybody's been there and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Which is why, first of all, if you can't do it, don't do it. This is only a sunnah. But it's, it's haram to harm other people. So if you're that person who's hanging on for dear life and you see them, <laughs> that they, 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 they clasp onto that right knee, they, you know, and they you know, like that. Right? So you've got to just not, you've got to not do that. Alright? And the other thing to notice is that you'll see that if they, they can't keep this foot up. So their feet are like, like here. You get what I'm saying? So we don't have this situation, whatever. Now, so uh, in summary, the tawarruk yani, is you maintaining a small footprint. That's essential. Okay, you've got to keep a small footprint. If you're praying by yourself, then you can spread yourself as much as you want. Now, I have another, it's my, from my own pocket though, from my own pocket. I, I, I don't want to say this is sunnah. But I told you that the Prophet ﷺ became heavier and that I think that his hurt foot, uh, foot hurt more. But I also want to say that I think this is the evidence why we should be increasing in du'a in the tashahud. We had that discussion last week that du'a and dhikr is outside else. And many people don't make a du'a or a lot of du'a inside their prayer. And so we've got people who have a very quick prayer, actually, because they just kind of like, you know, after they say, majid, right? And I'm saying, folks, how is that possible? When there's at least 10, 15 du'as, you should be knocking out there. And, that, you know, and so that's a long period. Now, if you're sitting on your foot all that time, you know, you're, in a, you're on a 10, 15 minute kind of du'a session, that's murder, right? So tawarruk makes a lot of sense. And remember, and you see, again, this is my own pocket, and I've always believed this. Why is there no tawarruk in the first uh, tashahud? Because you're getting straight up. There's no du'a, is it? Yeah? You're Abdul Rasul is standing up. But in this, in this one... If you, we're encouraging you to make lots of du'a, to be here for a good while, to enjoy the moment. And so we want you to, to sit comfortably. That's where I think this comes from. Mm-hmm. All right? And that, that's also why I believe that even if you can't do tawarruk, any kind of sitting, and you find it uncomfortable, I want you to relax your feet. If you have to sit like this, okay, right? Which is, you know, they call it in my culture, sitting like a woman. Yeah? Right? So I don't know what else. What is this called? 
I don't know what it's called. I don't see any reason to change it. All right? Sitting like a woman. All right? So if you're sitting like a woman, which is too flat kind of behavior, if that's what's more comfortable for you, then fine. I, I found that the youth, they sit like this. I don't get it. Why? How is that more comfortable? Because you, you, you've actually got... Is it the one? Is it the one, yeah? Okay, it's the, okay. Cam said it's the one. It's, it's, it's pure hurting my, my... Because my ankle... What's that, what's that, what's that bone called? No, that... No, no, what is that bone called? That one. Hmm? Underfoot. Is that the metatarsal, the main one? That's digging into the bottom of your foot now, isn't it? Is that inexperience, yeah? Yeah. I found this one, the women's one, yeah, a lot more comfortable, to be honest, which is why it's called the women's one, because they only do things which are comfortable. Have you ever seen any of them do any work in your entire life? Yeah? <laughs> Sit around in comfort. That's why it's called the women's position. What a great name. Allahu Akbar. Right, so now, uh, so anyway, so... Um, so I just want to indicate that, listen, it's a sunnah to sit in a particular way. It's sunnah to sit like this most of the prayer, okay? And it is then a sunnah to in the last uh, uh, thingy, the last tashahud, to do tawarruq. There are three ways of tawarruq narrated, okay? There are three ways of tawarruq narrated. The hadith references are as follows. The first, yes. That side or this side? Yeah. Okay. So it's no from All right. So what do I do now? Oh, right. Yeah. So I was, in, oh, I, I was uh, earlier on, you know, I was saying that there are people who struggle. And if they don't have, as I said, a good structure here or, or practice, okay, because I definitely don't have good structure there, but it must be practice. All right. Then uh, they, they, they lean like this and they hold on to the, the th like this. And, you know, and they're thinking, you know, sunnah until I die. All right. <laughs> And you've literally made that guy next to you die, right? And you know, sometimes, uh, 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 this has happened to me, by the way. If you're praying in tight lines, yeah? And then God help you if you are at the diagonal bottom left corner of the guy in front of you. I've had a big guy who knows, and he's already got planned in his head. I'm a Sunnah guy, and I'm a big unit, and... You know what it is when you're, in, when you're a big unit in the prayer, and especially if you're doing tawarruk, yeah? You know that the only way that's going to work is for you to get to your position before the guy next to you. <laughs> Isn't it? And if you get there too late, it's going to be whatever. So when the imam just does Allah, he's already an imam. Now, if you're a big unit, if you're in sajda, the way that you do that is like that. And if you're the plum who's sitting behind Yani, okay, in sajda, I had a guy do that and he literally sat on my head. <laughs> That's not exaggeration. He literally, because he's, look how much structure he's lost. He's like gone down big. I had a big gluteus maximus completely. I was like, what the heck, Yara? How was gone, everything was gone. I was lucky just to get my head out of that. <laughs> Yara, custom. if I tell you stories, Yara, stories. Anyway, all right. So the point is, is that if you can't hold your body position, then don't do this. But that's not an excuse for you to ignore it. You should practice it when you're alone and develop yani, the strength. Because it is practice. Because believe me, I am the least of physical specimens. 
and it's just practice. And I, you know I've had operations on knees, this, that, but when you do it regularly, then you get used to it, right? Okay, so there are three forms of tawarruk, folks, yeah? Um, and that is the first one, okay? And this is the one which is narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, hadith number 868. And that is that your maqad, your backside is on the floor, and that your right foot is mansuba, sitting up, and it, the left one is mafrusha. Why? When, we read, when you read the word Arabic mafrusha, it is referring to the farsh of the floor. So it is floored, almost. Yep, it's on the floor. And mansub meaning it's up, and your backside is on the floor itself. The second uh, 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 form of tawarruk, which is less well-known, is narrated by Imam Abu Dawood, hadith number 965, that in the chapter of that which has been mentioned concerning tawarruk in the fourth unit. And this is described, أَنْ يَفْرُشَ الْقَدَمَيْنِ جَمِيعًا وَيَخْرُجُهُمَا مِنَ الْجَانِبِ الْأَيْمَنِ Nice chill, yani women's yani tawarruk. You see, most women do this. Okay? I see very few men do this, and mostly the women. Both yani feet out at the side, they then spend their half an hour yani, you know, women pray yani, like forever, right? So that's why I think, honestly, it's, you, know, you know when people name things, they don't do it randomly. They observe yani, repeated behavior, and they find a pattern, they say, we go with that. So when you're looking at all the grandmas and all the aunties yani, praying for half an hour in tajahud, you're thinking, what's happening here? Yeah? If you look at their feet, you'll see that they're both feet out like that as well. All right, so both feet out like that. Who can tell me the third one? The person who gets me the third one, you know what they can have? They can have 50 treacles. <laughs> 50 treacles, okay? First of all, who doesn't like treacles? Put your hands up. So that's not good then. Okay. Five... Space cakes. Everybody's down for a space cake, right? All right. Five pieces of space cake. What's the third form? I want to know one second. What's in it for me? You lot are just getting, getting free guesses and eating free, free cake. What happens if you make a wrong one? For each wrong answer. And what? You give me some pizza? Problem is I ain't got time today. I've got a flight tomorrow morning, you know? <laughs> well said. Well said. It is tomorrow. Custom, you know, I need to rethink that, that whole plan. Yeah, but you know, Canada, oh, mission. Right, so, come on, come on. All right. I, I, Nathan said sitting cross-legged. Sitting cross-legged, okay? Sitting cross-legged, which we covered, was, was, was a form of sitting, Mesa, well, well said, but it's not a form of tawarruk. It's not something specific for their last tashahud, a form of tawarruk. Yeah, yeah. Using left, you mean a reverse? The, uh, the reverse would apply for the other two positions if your feet were like that. So no, it's not using the other foot instead. Sat on both feet. What does that mean? Yeah, that's the second one. Oh, you mean you mean like what? Like what? Like that? Huh? Oh, that! That behavior! <laughs> that is... Astaghfirullah. That's not painful. That's the, that's the original women's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they call a women's women's one. 
<laughs> yeah, Hasib is laughing his brains out. Legs straight out, is it? Huh? Legs straight out, no. So does that, so does that, any of the girls got an answer? Anybody? So does this mean that nobody actually knows then? It's literally a proper guess. Any guys online? What are they saying online? No. no. It's actually very similar to normal to, uh, tawarruk. Yeah. Both feet out, but it's not on top. Both feet out, which is that. So you mean like this? Yeah. Like that. Nearly, almost, but not, not quite. No treacle. <laughs> the hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim in the book of Masajid in the chapter of the manner of sitting, hadith 579. This is one which was indicated by Sheikh uh, Dedo. Uh, he taught us this يعني, many years ago. It's this. It's actually not as uncomfortable as you may think. Okay? So, simply put, the, the foot goes in between the thigh and the uh, shin of the other one now i'm not too sure of the advantage of this over the other two but this is clearly narrated okay so the foot has been lifted so you've got lack of space underneath yeah yeah and that's your lot folks and that then yeah And again, Sheikh, in the middle of 217, he reminds us, he goes, and what we need to remember is that it is obligatory upon people to come with all of these forms of ibadat al-mutanawwi'ah, okay? That he does this uh, and he recycles through them as much as possible, but only upon certainty. Not a case of, oh, you know what, let me try this for fun. You know, like there's some people who are bored, right? And let me just try something new. That's not permissible. What's permissible, what the, uh, the only thing which is allowed, okay, is to do an act of worship in a different manner, knowing that it's a different manner practiced by the Prophet ﷺ and I want to perform the sunnah. Not, uh, let me just experiment. Do you know what I mean? It's not a liberal approach, it's a evidence-backed approach that we are uh, utilizing when we're saying, let's go to a different position or whatever. Is that clear, everybody? All right? They're all sunnah. They are, yeah, correct. They're all sunnah. They are not obligatory uh, forms. Three narrated forms of sunnah way of, of sitting. Zakallah Nice one, Shaz. Well done. All right, so. Which one? He's done it, yeah. So that's it. See now at the bottom of 217. And the lady prays the same. And that is a huge chapter, which is why we're going to stop just right there. Okay. And not even think about opening that one. All right, folks. Let's do questions. Let's do questions. Where are Rehan's sweets? Rehan's sweets are right here, Rehan. But what a shame that you're not here to have them. Miskin Rehan, he came down. He came down last week for the Quran, but you know we didn't give him any sweets. Huh? Yeah, we're not. Yeah. All right. Um, Bismillah. My goodness. All right, guys. You ready? Yeah. Huh? Guys, wake up. Please don't, you know. Alright. Alright, let's do questions, guys. I'm only doing this for a few minutes.
The guy has bought like literally hundreds. You may try and catch it, I don't understand what's going on. Did the girls get some? Yeah, are we good? There we go, alright. Alright, that's enough. Okay, we've got to focus on questions because I don't like you. I need to. Rehan will hook you up in Last Testament, don't worry. By the way, make sure that you tell everybody about Last Testament, yeah? Oh, you are kidding me! You are kidding me! Yeah, that chief does not mess about, yara. Is it? Is that our Qasim Kam, yeah? Kam, I could have found you a cheap way of doing that, yara. Oh my god. Alright guys, you know what, the questions are going to have to wait now. <laughs> Just in case you guys, the uninitiated amongst you. Don't know what you're waiting for. My wife is looking like this, like, what is he, what is he about to pull out? Are you watching? You see, the uninitiated don't know what's happening right now. But those who know, they know. Without any exaggeration, this is the world's best pizza. And that's all it needs to be said. Go on. I don't care what they are. Kosher in it. By the way, Double Zero made it to top 10 of the world's pizza anyway. All right? And it's not, it's not, it's not. I mean, don't trust me there, bro. But this pizza, obviously this is Neapolitan style. It's not Yanni, your Pizza Hut, you know, this is the proper behavior. This is gourmet, expensive Italian pizza. So whoever bought that, yeah. Cam, you've been obviously you're selling more than Yanni, you. MashaAllah. <laughs> so, MashaAllah. So, questions and all the rest of it. You know what it is? I am just going to take, uh, I'm just going to keep myself busy here. Yeah. Right. Oh, have you bought the different ones? Oh, really? Anyway, listen, give that out now, come on. All right, there's one piece between you lot, okay? Just make sure that you cut it up uh, uh, nicely. Lala, give this to them, okay? There's like 600 men here. There's 600 men, literally 600 men. And you're gonna yeah, and you take, I'm with you guys on, on, online in one minute, okay? In one, in one minute. Just listen, we're gonna cut, we're gonna try and cut it, okay? Because let the, let, let the knife guys come round. The knife, knife, there we go. Listen, go around here with a knife and cut the pieces up. Actually, I, I, I'll look, I'll, one second, hold on. Here, I'll take that. All right, my goodness, what a date. Right, listen folks, this is it. No more. Custom, <laughs> I can't deal with it anymore. Come back from Hajar, put about 10 kilos on you. Custom. No, no more. I'm a rock. I know I'm going to become a rock. Custom, that's enough. All right, folks, don't worry if you don't get pizza. There's space cake here, okay? All right. Come on, boys, give it a space. I've got to focus on the questions. I know you lot don't care about the questions, but I do. Yeah, Asal Bandayam. All right, there's cake. Yalla, come on. Hassan, take this cake around. Come on. Take this cake around. All right, let's do questions, folks. I'm, my, my apologies that we are... 
You can eat the pizza, by the way, guys. Eat the pizza. Pizza's gone, though. Do not make a mess in the masjid. I swear, he's bought all... You know, Cam doesn't mess about, bro. He's bought plates, he's bought... He hasn't bought plates, he's bought whatever he's bought. I leave the plates. Right, come on, let's questions. Is it a sunnah to practice both? Yes. It is sunnah to eat when the food is served. Oh, you know what? Honest to God. Shaz. Come here, I get a piece of this. Bismillah. Oh, my God. Hmm. Mesa, the hadith is not a hadith, by the way, it's an athar because the Prophet had passed. And that narration when he heard Abu Bakr reciting that in the third raka'ah, Salatul Maghrib, Rabbana la ba'da the focus was on the ayah as opposed to the fact that he was reciting. I made the point that he's reciting, which is something interesting. Okay? Ibrahim, the aqar, it's allowed for you to do after the first, if you're combining two prayers, it's allowed for you to do it after the first one. There's an idea that when you combine prayers, it has to be done immediately. No. If you're combining two prayers because of a need, it's allowed for you to have a five-minute gap or a ten-minute gap. Even though it's better to do it together, yeah? But it is permissible to have a gap and for you to make yani, your dhikr. However, the better way would be for you to pray the two prayers with one iqama immediately and then afterwards you do one set of dhikr which covers the lot. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah? People are, are invested in their food, so let me just say. اللهم بارك لهم فيما رزقتهم واغفر لهم وارحمهم افطر عندكم الصائمون واكل طعامكم الابرار وصلت اليكم الملائكه اللهم اغفر لصانئه واكله فجزاكم الله خير كمران اللهم اطعمنا ما اطعمنا واسق من سقانا وجزاكم الله خير انت امجد ازوا اللهم امين انت شبنم ازوا اللهم امين انت ساره لاست ويك انت اي دونت نو هاو ماني بيبل always yani, bringing the food, uh, and for Ghazala who brought us the terries, and, and for, and for, and for, and for, and names could keep going. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to feed them and give their family risk. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma barik fi amwalihim wa awladihim wa ahlihim ya rabbil alameen. Wajzakum Allah khair and Karen eating pizza. Right. Mm. Come on, take it, please. Mm. Which one? So let us what's the technical end of the prayer? To be on the safe side, both of them, technically only one. We're going to come to that later. The technical ending of the prayer is with one taslim. Practically, you should operate on the, the two level. That is two. Yep, but one is enough. Okay? Marina does not want comments about women. Which ones? The sitting like a woman? Oh, living comfortably. Is that because she's working in Glasgow? What if she's working comfortably in Glasgow? 
Could be. Women are very comfortable when they, women don't mess about. I found women, yeah? Like, you know one thing I learned from my wife? Let me tell you something about my wife. She will not stand for one minute. If she realizes that I'm speaking for longer than 10 seconds, the first thing she does, she sits down. I notice that. Like, you know, you notice things. She won't, you know, me, I'm the exact opposite. I will actually, if I'm sitting down, I'll stand up. Yep. But my missus, I see, she gets one opportunity, she'll sit down. That's efficient. The seat's there, why wouldn't you sit down? So they are genetically tuned to finding the comfortable. No need for that, is there? Irfan, there's no need for that, is there? They know this is going to be good taqreer. Right. Imagine if she sits on your head and your hijab stays there. My goodness. The struggles of the sisters. Okay, next. No more food, folks. Carry on. All right. Rafi'a, that's not correct. Okay, people who do. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. That's a bid'ah. No doubt about that. Okay? You'll see it often in the Arab mosques. Watch this, yeah? They do this. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. There's nothing in the middle. There's no pause in the middle. There's no head movement in the middle. It's right, left. One fluid moment. Okay? Yeah. Likewise, another bid'ah. Okay? Again, more an Arab thing, but it's starting to now make its way into the pack kind of mosques that people will shake your hands on the right and left. They'll say, Assalamu alaikum, taqabbal Allah. That has no basis. Neither the shaking, neither the saying of taqabbal Allah. It's your job to work out whether you have the opportunity to correct them or just to say, no, 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 eat it. He's got his hair. Don't be so, listen. You know when you become too kind, you lose everything. There's a balance. There is, there's a balance. <laughs> I like, Yanni, your, your black kindness. See, they were going to give you this small piece and here I've got a big piece for you, Shazala. Big piece. All right, come on next. The third tawarruk. But you raise the foot, so there's a gap between the foot and the farsh. No, no. Uh, Sumera, the, the right is mansuba, and the left is in a mafrush state, meaning it's flat, but it's put in between the thigh and the uh, uh, shin. Regarding the masnoon atkar, I done that. Done that, chin dip, no idea what's going on. Moving from sweets, this is getting harder to resist. That's right, Rafia. The only thing is that the hadith mentioned that the third position mentions. Yafrush al yumna. No, no, one second, one second, one second. We're going to get down. Let's have a look again what he says. One second, folks. We need to check this. And Yafrush al yumna. Oh, he's right. He's right, actually, he's right. Rayhan is right. Zakallah khair. That the right foot, when the left goes in, I need to look into that because I've seen a narration which says that it's mansub. But you know that I put my left foot in between the thigh and the uh, shin? That Zakallah khair. The right foot does not, is not in nasab. It's also relaxed. 
So it's also flat. It's just like that. The right foot is like this, and the other one then goes in between. Okay, so the third one where my right foot was up in Nasab, just make it flat. Okay, folks? All right, good. Right, no, no, Mesa, listen, you've got to keep us in, in, in check. I'm telling all of you now, no more food. I think I didn't no. say it in 2015 on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. Listen. <laughs> there was an Allah custom in there. Oh my God. The heavy bars were dropped, yeah? Allah. <laughs> what happened to these sweets? Come on, man, spread the sweets, Yara, spread the sweets. Right. And double uh, zero get credit for doing gluten free, but in any case, prove and also Rudy's. By the way, Marina, don't step to us when it comes to pizza. Okay, please know your place. Rudy's yani is not bad, right? It's not bad, isn't it, Shaz? Yeah, it's okay. yeah it is. Uh, it, it, if you don't get double zero, so by the way. This guy got me now, uh, and why not on home? Yeah. Um, the Italian Italian oh, bro, the, the legit people go double zero. Yeah, the problem is. This place only opens in the evening, doesn't care about you at all, packed every time you go, horrible customer service. You know that's the place that you need to go and eat pizza from. That's, the, that's simple as that. Rudy's open 24-7, anytime, go there, whatever. So it's a poor man's double zero. So Rudy's is not bad, proves okay, but there's nothing which comes to the... We've done pizza pilgrim, we've done every single... Listen! <laughs> Me and Shaz religiously follow pizza reviews. Religiously. <clears throat> if you look into Dave Portnoy and who he is, El Presidente, right, of Barstool Sports, okay, and you see that my guy does a review of pizza every single day, we know our pizza back to front. This is the best pizza. It gets no better. End of story. Don't you waste time. That's it. Okay, we've got any questions, anything, any blah, blah? If one struggles in the first tashahud, yes, it can be. It's up to you to correct them. Yep, Samara, correct. Can we bring Gajia? Imtiaz is there. It says, why don't you bring Sagar Sargoda? Right. Because we've never heard of it. All right, guys. Zakamullah khair. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We are on a